Welcome to the Calvary Podcast. Get ready to dive into an inspiring message. Our aim is to share teachings that bring transformation and hope to your life. So, open your heart, be ready to listen, and prepare for a powerful encounter with the Word. Let's get started. I shared a couple of things with you last week. Uh, primarily, as I was praying over uh, final messages to end this year, I really sensed God changed the direction that, that I had been working on and says, this is what we need to do. And so I'm doing a series called Finish Strong. Finish Strong. Uh, primarily, I felt this direction from God to do this because God wants you to know he's not through with you this year. That he hasn't answered all your prayers yet this year. How many can say amen to that? That, that God's not on vacation yet. That I know next year is going to be great, but we need to finish this year good. Amen? Okay, so, so what we're looking at is how to finish strong. How do I finish strong? What does that look like? How do I keep myself in a place for God to do everything he wants to do in my life? Uh, we, we understand this. How I exit one season in my life determines how I enter the next season in my life. How many of you have discovered that? If you slam every door behind you, you usually can't go back through that door. You know, some of the people in this season of your life, are you listening to me? You may need them again sometime in another season of your life. And so what we're understanding is that what I'm doing today positions me for what God wants to do tomorrow. So it's important to be in the moment. It's important to to recognize what God is doing and finish in that way. So let's look at Hebrews 12. Let's read the first three verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Something really important there that we looked at Jesus. We're going to come back to that. Let me give you another verse that just illustrates the importance of how we finish things. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse number 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 8. Very, very important passage. I want you to see this. I want you to understand what God is saying, what this truth that's here for us that, that we can find that, that God wants us to see and resonate in. Let me read it here. What do we find? Ecclesiastes 7 8. Look at this. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. And leave that up for a moment. And patience is better than pride. Did you get that? You know what God says? Solomon wrote these. This is the wisdom God gave the man, the scripture says, was the wisest man who ever lived. Now I want you to understand that. Think of that. Think of all the people that have ever lived. Think of all the men and women you admire in scripture. Think of how God used them. Think of the wisdom, the the mighty things God did. You've got to get this, guys. I chose this this verse specifically to illustrate something. So Solomon, whom the Bible says was given the wisdom of God, who was the wisest man who ever lived, this is one of the statements he said. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. 
How you finish is even more important than how you start. How many with me right now? How many are thankful that even though you had a bad start, you could have a good finish? <laughs> how many got, so everybody else has just started well? You good? You're all good? How many, how many ever needed a restart to get the thing right? How many thankful you can still finish although you've blown it before today? So the end of the matter is better than the beginning. But the, and, and, and what? And patience is better than pride. But here's what you need to understand. Here's the shocking rest of the story. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, the man that God used to write this, the man that revealed the wisdom of God and the knowledge of the Lord, Solomon was a man who didn't finish well. Solomon is a man who forgot his own words. Solomon was a man who forgot the very wisdom God gave him. So what we learn from Solomon is although he was the wisest man that ever lived, I want you to think of this. At one point on his journey, remember we talked about your lane that God marked for you last, well, last week. At one point on his journey, the wisest man that ever lived, he had that title, but he ended it one of the dumbest men that ever lived. One of the greatest fools that ever lived. One of the greatest tragedies that ever lived. One of the greatest uh, train wrecks that ever happened. This man had everything. He was the wealthiest man on the earth. He built a temple for God that in today's money would almost be incalculable. Billions of dollars. It was the marvel of the known world. He was respected. Kings and queens traveled from distant lands at great expense and danger to just sit in his audience and listen to his wisdom and look what he created. And yet this man who wrote this, the end of a matter is better than the beginning because he didn't finish well. He forfeited everything God ever did in his life. What happened to him? He did the very thing God told him he didn't need to do. He married foreign wives, and they turned his heart away from God. He he collected so much gold and power that he began to trust in himself and God. Isn't it interesting that the man whose pride brought him down at one point in his life wrote, the end of a matter is better than the beginning, and patience is better than pride. So what we understand from Scripture is not just who I was in the beginning. It's not just who I was at some point on the journey. Come on, are you with me right now? But it's how I finish this thing that's really going to matter. It's what I do at the end. It's how I finish strong. And yes, I'm talking about this particular year and month we are in, but it applies to the rest of your life. How many of you say, Pastor, I want to finish well. I want to finish strong. I want to finish good. You know, we have this, we have a retirement issue in America. So don't shout me down. If you're retired, nothing wrong with that. I may someday. I'll figure when I get to be 120, I probably should quit preaching and let somebody else do that. All right. So I, I may do that someday. Or, or let me say this. I may someday shift my title. Right? I may shift my title someday. I may, I may uh, do something different. But, but it's okay. Retirement's okay. It's a good thing. You worked hard, you earned something, but it's almost like in our culture, particularly in the American culture, Western culture, we, we, uh, we get to a place and we hit the brake. Our whole mindset is that I'm going to get someplace someday and I don't have to do anything anymore. I, I'm, I'm going to go on cruise control. Can I tell you something? 
as long as you're living and breathing, it doesn't matter if you're 70 or 80 or 90. God's got purpose for you right there in that season. God's got reason for you right there. There's a reason for you to do something. And, and, and so it, it's good. You planned, you saved, you did the right things, you can retire. The, the, you know, the way I look at it, now you can serve God full time. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching well. Now you can serve God full time. You know, you got all the wisdom from your life. You're able to retire. You can, you can pray. You can give. You can serve. You can love. So here's the point. Here's what I'm making. Retirement's okay, but not a retired mentality. It's not okay. I'm done. There's nothing left for me to do. It's not okay. So, so here, here's, here's the mentality. Here's the mentality. What we're saying is, God, you've been good to me. You still are good to me. God, I want to finish strong. I want to love you more than I ever loved you. I want to be closer to you than I've ever been close to you. I want to be more obedient. I want to hear your voice. I want to keep going. In other words, I'm not looking for a place to stop. I'm looking for the stop at the end when he says, well done. Anybody with me this morning? We're saying, God, I want to do that. So he gives us this illustration. And, and, and often, I told you, through Scripture, it's interesting how often I talked about principles earlier. This is one, a race. Let's go back to Hebrews 12.1. So we see that even though Solomon was wise, he traded his wisdom for pride. He traded his wisdom for, for pardon, pardon the uh, commonality of what I'm going to say, for the girls and the gold. You understand what I'm saying? That, that, that got him. He, he walked off from God. For the girls and the gold. And what did it do? Instead of finishing strong, the minute man finished as an embarrassment. The man finished uh, uh, walking off from everything he had taught and everything that God had done for him. Finish strong. How many want to say, Pastor, I want to finish strong? I want to get this thing done. You know why you need to finish strong? Because God's not through with you yet. Do you know why you need to finish this year strong? Because God's still with you in this year. And God's still working in this moment. And God wants to bless you right where you are and show you that He's still for you and on track. So as, as we, as we look at this, I think it's very important that we understand what God is saying. Therefore, since we are surrounded, uh, by such a great cloud of witnesses, a great cloud of witnesses, I won't repeat what I shared last week, but let me throw some new things in. We know the witnesses. Who are the witnesses? They are the men and women in Hebrews chapter 11. He gave this, this chapter of men and women who finished strong. And he said, I want to call to your attention this list of men and women who knew how to finish the race well. This list of men and women who went through some hard times like maybe you are facing, but they refused to stop. They stayed in the race and they finished well. And a witness in a court of law is not hearsay. It's not what you heard someone else say. The only person that can be a witness is somebody who was there and saw it for themselves. And so you read Hebrews chapter 11 and you've got a list of people who aren't repeating secondhand information. They were there and saw the goodness of God for themselves. I, I wonder today, has anybody in this room seen the goodness of God for yourself? Put your hand up and testify for a minute. So would you look around and you know what I'm seeing by these hands? Somebody's telling you, stay in your race today. I'm an eyewitness. I've seen the goodness of God. And if he got you to December, he's going to get you to December 31. You've got enough stuff from God to finish this year strong. Don't you give up and give in and say it's not going to happen. We just testified the God is faithful. 
All those hands that went up in this room are a great cloud of witnesses that are around me that encourage me to say, you know what? God's faithful. He's been faithful. He'll be faithful. We've got witnesses around us. People testifying of the goodness of God. It's, it's, it's powerful when we do this. Now, hold on to this place. I, I need to show you something. You need to be discerning about your company on your race. How many are with me? Stay in Hebrews 12. I'm going to come back. We've got these witnesses or we have these other people. I want you to go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3. We read about this last week. I've felt such a uh, direction to make sure you're, you're watching your race. You're, 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 you're seeing how you're moving. You're looking at who's with you because I really, I really believe that God changed this series of messages to, to encourage you to be steadfast because God's going to do something to end the year in your life. God's going to do something. He's going to answer that prayer and move and shift something. So the witnesses, what do they do for us? They encourage us. They encourage us. I was encouraged. Did you? Were you encouraged to see all those hands up? Let's do it one more time. If God's been faithful to you, let me see your witness here today. Leave it up and look around. Look around at the faithfulness of God. Well, thank you. But then we got to read this. We're in Galatians chapter 3, excuse me, and verse number 2. Paul says this to them. He said, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning? See, Solomon began well. After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by Human effort, see? See, that's what happens when we start drawing back from God. We, we, you, instead of praying and walking and loving and serving, you know, we, we start saying, well, you know, I, I, I got this God. I think I can do this. And he said, you can't do in yourself what the Holy Spirit can do. Verse four, have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, look at this. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you? Because you just observe the law or because you believe what you heard. All right? You got to stay with that. Now, go to chapter 5. Here's something you need to see. Verse 7. He's encouraging the Galatians. See, their, their problem was they had come and accepted Christ. And then these Jews had gone to them and said, oh, no, no, no. You can't do that. You got to go observe the law. Don't follow Jesus. And he said, what are you going to do? You're going to go back to where you were in religion or are you going to follow Jesus? You're going to believe your friends. You're going to believe Jesus. See? So we go to Galatians 5 or in verse 7. See, here, here, here we are again with this race. He said, you were running a good race. Do you hear that? I want to tell every one of you listening to me on any platform in life, you are running a good race. You know how to run this race. Do you hear me? You know how to run this race. You started off running this race well. Are you listening to me? You started off 2023 and had some good New Year's resolutions. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to do this. You know how to run this race. How many listen? You know how. He said you are running a good race. You can run a good race. You need to know that. Okay? He said you are running a good race. Now, but watch this. Who cut in on you? Who kept you from obeying the truth? Wow. Are, are you ready? Look at verse 8. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. So... Some people were running a good race, and he said, someone cut in on you. Someone 
while you're running your race, hijacked you. Someone hijacked your faith. Somebody came into your life. Come on, are you listening to it? I feel strong. I have to say some of these things today. Someone hijacked your faith. Someone that you didn't need in your lane cut in on your lane. Do, do you know what I've observed? Only terrorists are hijackers. So is your company the witnesses of the faithfulness of God or have some faith terrorists stepped into your lane and hijacked the direction of your life or are trying to convince you you need to stop? You can't keep going. They cut in on you. What you need to understand, if anybody or anything has changed the direction of me following Jesus, I need to cut some things out of my circle and get my life back on following God. Anybody with me today? See, it may not be a person. It may be an attitude. It, it, it may be a, a, a situation. It may be a, a, a something that came up out of your past. You know, you've been running a good race. He said, you were running a good race. And something cut in on you. Somebody from your past came by. That person that hurt you uh, came across your path. You were doing well and, 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 and you saw that person and those feelings came back. And that overwhelming dread and that sense of rejection and fear and inferiority and insecurity and insufficiency. And you saw them and the devil said, look, there they are. There they are. I just want to remind you, you think you're doing okay, but you're not doing okay. See them, remember them, or maybe you think they're doing better than you. Well, look at them. Here you are serving God, and they're not serving God. And they got a new car, and you got a hoopty car. Look at that. What's wrong with you? They cut in on you. Can I tell you something? I'd rather walk than leave my Jesus. You can have the biggest car in town. You can have the biggest house. You can have more money. I will ride a bicycle and push a shopping cart before you cut in on my race you don't have anything i want you don't have anything i need you're not going where i'm going get out of my way i'm running a race anybody with me on this thing today somewhere you have to decide you're not going to cut in on me you're not going to get in my space it's not going to pull me back oh the devil loves to tell you you know who do you think you are you know if those people at calvary Knew what you had done. If they knew where you had been. If, if they knew what mistakes you made in your life. Can I tell you something? I don't want to know. I don't need to know. If they're under the blood of Jesus, they're under the blood of Jesus. If he forgave you, I forgive you. Come on, how many are with me on this thing? I don't need to know where you've been. I need to know where you're going. How many heard what I said? I don't care about where you've been. I care about where you're going. Can I tell you, the people that cut in on you are the people always telling you about where you've been. That's how you know who's talking. They're talking about where you've been. You know why they talk about where you've been? Because they don't have a future. They don't have anywhere to go. But you know where you're going. Just keep going in Jesus' name. Amen? That's what we have to see. Someone will try to cut in on you. But you can run a good race. You can run a good race. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We need to make sure we're, we're, we're tracking on this thing. I, I want to show you something here. So, so what are we reading? He says we, we've got this great cloud of witnesses. They're telling us finish strong. They're telling us you can do it. They're not pointing to your past and highlighting your failure. They're, they're telling you keep going. Keep going. It's worth it. Put one more foot in front of the other. You can do this. Now, now what, what we want to see 
this, this is, we're reading verse 1 again. There's so much in this one verse. Uh, Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hindered. Those are those people we just talked about. Those are those thoughts we just talked about. Those are those feelings and emotions that we've talked about. Let's throw off those things that hinder us and the sin that entangles us. And here's what we talked about. I want to show you something here. Let us run with perseverance. It's going to take some patience. Doesn't happen overnight. How many hear what I'm saying? Okay. Doesn't happen overnight, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. All right. <clears throat> so he says, let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. I told you that that's a very individual statement. It means that every one of us have our own lane. We're running to the same place. Now, I want to get this clear because of where we live today and what you hear. I'm not saying, as you hear in culture, you do you. I'm not saying you do you. I'm not saying you write the guidelines. The Word of God writes the guidelines. Are you with me? The Word of God does my path. I'm not saying, well, you do you, I'll be me. You know, no, 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 no. You know, it's, it's not that lame approach to life. Well, who am I to say what's wrong? Nobody asked you what's right. We read the Word of God to tell us what's right or wrong. You know, who do you think you are that we ask you that in the first place? Sorry. But, you know, who am I to say? I didn't ask you to say. None of us ask you to say. So it's not you do you. It's not whatever feels good to me. It's not, well, it may be right for you, but it's not right for me. And it doesn't, none of that matters. None of that matters. That's all loser talk. That's all I'm about to fall out of the race talk. That's all I'm about to go back talk. Come on, somebody has to say it, so I want to help you today. That's what all that is. So, so it's not you do you. This lane is my individual lane, but it's marked out by the Word of God. It's marked out by His Word. It's not I'm going to do whatever I want to do. It's just do my thing. No, I'm doing what God told me to do. But it's my race as I walk, walk God out. You have your gifts. This person has their gifts. God is using you. He's using us. And He puts these things together. Are you with me? But it's not, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever I say, you do you, you be you. No, no, no. It is let's be Jesus. Let's put our eyes on Jesus. Let's follow Jesus. Let's follow the race marked out for you. I don't run your race. You don't run my lane. But we're all running according to the word of God following him. Amen? So, so really, really, the main interaction that you and I are supposed to have with our fellow runners, see? I said, don't be a discouraged. Don't do that. So what's my reaction? What's my interaction with the people running along with me here? Let's back up a couple of chapters. Go to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 23. There is some interaction that we need to have. It's what the great cloud of witnesses do. It's why Hebrews 12 began in talking about our race. He says, while you're running this race, there's witnesses. There's something with you in this race that, that will encourage you. Hebrews chapter 10. What's my interaction with those running with me towards the goal of God? Hebrews 10 and verse number 23. Notice what we read here. He says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Anybody believe that? Have you noticed how many times the word patience, endurance, perseverance? Yeah, running this race is going to require a little time sometimes. It's going to require some patience. Everybody with me? It's not, well, I went to church for two weeks and nothing happened. I'm back out. No, 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 no. Well, I read my Bible for a week. Nothing happened. No, I'm done with that. That doesn't work. No, 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 no. I mean, you've been a heathen for 10 years. 
could you give God more than 10 minutes? Come on. You know what I'm saying? Made knucklehead decisions for 20 years, and then we give God two weeks. So it's going to take some time. Everybody with me on this? I don't want to, I'm not hoping I'm not insulting anybody. I was a knucklehead at one time. How many former knuckleheads in the crowd? Tell the truth. <laughs> How many are thankful we're not going to see your past life on this screen up here? Let me, Jesus. Hey, okay. So we're, we're, we're good. We're all in the right place. All right. So the point of this thing is, is, is that it's going to take some time. But you know why it takes some time? Listen to me. Because God's preparing you. He's not just making you wait. Remember, we're going someplace. You got to get this. And you need to be ready when you get there for what God has prepared for you. See, this, this plan God has for us is too big for the person I am right now. This plan God has for me is way too big for that guy that just got saved those many, many, many years ago. He couldn't trust me then with what he trusts me with now. He can't trust me today with what he's going to trust me with tomorrow. And so I'm running this race. And my time is not a problem. The patience is not a problem. It's making you and me who God needs us to be so he can use us over here to do things we never imagined we could do before. Time is your friend, not your enemy. How many hear what I'm saying today? Patience is something that will develop a maturity in you so that you can stay on track for this race. So verse 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Why? Why do we not give up? For he who promised is what? Faithful. Now watch verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another, what? On, toward love and good deeds. The King James says how we may provoke one another. (laughs) There's a whole lot of people that misunderstood that verse. You know, one person said, I'm really provoking people. God's really been using me lately. But this, this word provoke in the King James literally says, let me think, let me consider. While I'm running my race, this is my race, I'm going to answer to God for my lane. I'm going to be faithful for what he's entrusted me with. I, 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 want, to, I want to run. I want to be the man. I want to be the woman. I want to be the person God called me to be. But while I'm running this race, he says, there's something I should remember. What do I do? Let me consider. Are you with me, runners? Are you with me, finishers? Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Look at verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So there's something that that you and I need to be doing while we're running our race. We're, we're, we're looking, considering, thinking, watching for every opportunity to encourage somebody around us. To say, hey, come on, you can do this thing. Come on, come on, you can do this thing. And right there in that context, he said, don't stop meeting together. You know, I kind of see our gatherings like a, uh, you know, we're running this race, and then we, we have these moments where we gather, where, where we gather like this, and, and we get to take a break for a minute. We get to breathe for a minute. And it's kind of like time out in a sporting event. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like time out. Uh, you're playing, you're working, you're exerting, you're giving everything you got. And, and, and you're about to make a big play. And the coach says, you know, you know, uh, time out, time out, time out. 
And what do they they run out on the field and here come the water boys and girls and, and, and the managers and they come out and, and you know they're squirting that stuff in the guys. You know what I'm saying? You're getting your Gatorade and you say, Come on, come on, come on. We got a big play coming up. Take a breath, get a breath, got a breath. Okay, come on, you take, take a breath. All right, get some water, get some Gatorade. You ready? You ready? Everybody ready? All right, come on. You get back in that huddle and you got everybody in the huddle and say, Okay, we're about to run this play. We're, we're about to make a touchdown here. You got it? We've suffered so much. We've worked so hard. We've been working out since August. We've been doing two-a-days. We've been lifting weights and sweating and running. And I'm bleeding something right now. My uniform's wet and I'm dirty. And, and, and we're in this huddle say, I got you, I got you, I got you. Listen, if you'll block, I'll run. If you'll catch, I'll throw that pass. If, and the quarterback says, if you'll just give me three seconds, I can make this happen. If you just, or you got me? You got it? You got it, bud? You're good? You're good? All right, come on, let's do this thing. That's what church is. That's what church is. See, that's what I'm doing right now. So I got you here. I'm sorry. You're good? Are you good? Are you good today? Are you good? If you're not good, we're going to pray. Let's pray. We'll pray for you. Okay? Are you okay? Take a breath. Get that word out. You're ready. We're about to go run this play this week. Are you with me? We're about to go run a play this week. See, tonight we're going to do Christmas now and then. And so what we do, we've been rehearsing and practicing. And then right before we come do that, we meet over in the link. And we get over there and we worship and we pray. And we say, you good? You good for this? You okay? Come on. One more night. Tonight. One more night. Take a breath. Take a breath. Get a drink. You good? Come on. Let's go run this play. Let's go see hundreds of people get in the kingdom. Are you with me? Come on. You can do that. And so you come to church, and you're not just trying to get your blessing. You're here, and you're looking around. You're going, okay, okay. Who needs some encouragement today? Who, who, who can I encourage? And you look at somebody, and they're not standing up worshiping. And if you know if you don't know them, don't. But if you know them, you go over there, and you say, come on, let me worship with you today. Hey, are you with me? Come on, I'll lift your hand up today. Come on, what's going on? If you see somebody with the down face, you don't run away from them. You don't get sit down and talk to the person next to you. I don't know what's wrong with them today. They're just horrible. Why'd they even come? I don't know. No, you go over there and say, hey, man, what's up, bud? How can I help you? What can we do? What can we do? Let me pray for you. Let me speak to you. Does anybody get this or just me here? We're encouraging one another. We encourage one another. We, we're, we're not the FBI. We're the encouragers. We're not Homeland Security. We're the encourager. We're not eavesdropping on your phone. Somebody says, you know they know everything you say on your phone? That's good. I love Jesus a lot. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to support the Bible. I'm going to obey God before I obey man. I'm going to preach the word. I'm going to tell the truth. If you don't like it, come here and you can get saved and you can tell the truth. And do the same thing with me. You can tell everybody I am. I'm George Sawyer and I approve this message. I hope to see you next Sunday. God bless you. I don't care. Pastor, you say that, you'll get canceled on Facebook. I've already been canceled on Facebook. You know what I did? I just kept running my race. Facebook didn't call me. (laughs) Facebook's not going to answer me. When I get to heaven, they're not going to read my Facebook. I want to hear one voice say, well done, good and faithful servant. I stayed in my lane. I ran my race. I encouraged some other people along the way to say, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I want to tell you today, no matter what the devil said to you this week, the devil's still a liar. No matter what God said to you this week, God's still a truth teller. And if you'll stay in your race, God will bring you to that place where you're going to see his goodness and his mercy and his grace happen in your life. Look to this. Let's go back to Hebrews 12. I'm going to wrap it up, all right? Watch. Look at this with me. Hebrews 12, verse 3. He says, consider him. Who? Consider Jesus. He gave the example of the cross. Consider him. 
Consider Jesus. Think about what he did for us on the cross. Think of this love for us. Everybody left him. Everybody walked off from him. Everybody abandoned him. Every He's praying in the garden. And he said, couldn't you stay awake an hour? Couldn't you pray with me? And they fell asleep on him. And then he goes back to them. And, and he says, come on. And, 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 and here come his betrayers, the evil men. And, and, and what happened? They're still sleeping. They're still sleeping. You, you and I might have said, well, you know, what good has this done me? I've been teaching these guys three and a half years. I've been pouring my heart in for three and a half years. And look here, they just run off and leave. Why should I die? Who am I dying for? Don't raise your hand. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like, what good has this done me? Look what I've done. I've been going to church. I've been praying. I've been believing God. My family's still not with me. I still don't have this. I still don't have that. But every once in a while, you've got to remember, you know what? The only way I lose is if I quit. The only way I don't see that prayer answered is if I walk off. The only way I miss what God has for me is if I walk off. Do you know the only way the devil will ever defeat you is if you quit? That's it. Because God is faithful to what he promised. And God will do what he said. And you know what the devil's greatest wish is for Christmas? Is that you'll quit before Christmas. Because he fears your future more than he fears your past. Because he knows he can't defeat the plan of God. But if I get discouraged and weary and walk off, then he won. So he says here in verse 3, Consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not, what? Grow weary and lose heart. Go to Isaiah. <laughs> Got to give you one place. Chapter 40, verse 30. We're going to end with this. Isaiah 40, 30. I want you to go there. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 30. It's, it's powerful. He says, I don't want you to get weary. Don't raise your hand. Anybody ever been weary? Anybody ever felt weary in December? We love to talk about it. Unfortunately, you hear it all the time because it's true. But what are our eyes fixed on? Is it true that sometimes in December you, you, you kind of notice what you don't have instead of what you do have? We were here, people talking, you know, well, December's stress, December's depression, December's suicide. Those things are true. Do you know why? Listen, do you know why? Because people took their eyes off Jesus. Because they're looking at what they don't have instead of what they do have. Because they're walking through a season that's hard because they wanted to have more money for their family. They don't have it. They wanted to have more friends, and they don't have them. But the Bible says here that there is a God who is faithful. And that if I get my eyes off of my Lord and I'm looking around me, I get weary. I get tired. Are you with me? But notice what th this same phrase in Isaiah 40. I, I, I love this. Come on, let's, let's look at verse 30. Isaiah 40, 30. Are you with me? I guess I like to read this because I'm not a youth anymore. Even youths grow tired and weary. Are you with me? And young men stumble and fall. But, oh, come on. The devil, see, I, I got a, I have something in my lane right here. You understand? So, so the devil says, you know what? Look, look, look around you. Even the young people are, are getting tired and weary. E e even, even, even the people that, you know, haven't carried the load you have and done what you done, they're getting tired. But look what he says, but, but I'm not finished. <laughs> but those who hope in the Lord, the, the King James says, those who, do, those who wait on the Lord, 
Those who stay in the lane. See, every once in a while when I'm running my race, I hear some voices saying, aren't you tired? Don't you want to quit? Don't you want to give up? Aren't there something? Look, look at all these people around you. What are you doing? And here's what I need to remember. I'm going to fix my eyes on the Lord. I'm going to keep going. But see, here, here's the encouragement. Look at this. Look at this. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Are you ready? God's going to renew your strength right now. God's going to renew your strength in December. You're not going to limp out of this year. You're going to roar out of this year. You're not just going to make it. You're going to overcome it. You're not just going to exist. You're going to conquer. You're not just going to barely make it. You're going to win. Why? Because look, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. See, you look, look at this. Look at this passage. He says, you may have started off in January soaring like an eagle. Come on. Anybody ever felt that way? You ever felt so high? Look at me, man. Can nothing get me now? I'm soaring like an eagle. But somewhere about April in Texas, what happened? You quit soaring, and now you're just running right now. You with me? You were flying. Now you're running. It's not quite as easy. Fly soaring is easy. You just letting the wind carry you. Anybody had those spiritual moments soaring? Anybody ever soared? Everybody. But then every once in a while, what? You come back to earth. And he says, I'm running now. So you were soaring in January, but about April, you had to start running. And you ran around. It was doing good. And things were going well. And then you got down to about October. And you're just walking down. I'm just walking. I can't fly or run. I'm just walking. But the verse isn't through. He says, uh, I'm not going to faint. I'm going to keep walking. So maybe you're not soaring. Maybe you're not running. How many are still walking? <laughs> so, so come on. Here, here's what we need to say. Even youth grow tired and weary. Even in my early days, I got tired. Anybody ever been tired before? He said, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord. How many of your hope is in the Lord today? You say, I believe that God is faithful. I believe his word is still true. I've got all these witnesses talking to me. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. It's time for you to renew. Come on, let's stand up. Stand with me right now. I want you to stand. I, no, don't run out on this, but stand. I want you to stand. Let's stand together. Those who hope. Those who hope in the Lord. What is going to happen for us? We're going to renew our strength. How many say, Pastor, I'm ready for my strength to be renewed? I'm ready to be renewed. I'm going to get a fresh shot of faith and hope and encouragement to end this year. And it says, I can soar. I can run and not grow weary. I can walk and not faint. My friend, if you can put one foot in front of the other, put one front, one foot in front of the other today. If you can say, I can barely move and move. I can barely go, then go. Do what God called you to do. Move like God asked you to move. Refuse to give up on this thing. I'm thinking about the men and women that are witnessing to us. And they're shouting it to us today. Hey, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Think about Abraham, who's mentioned there, who lived all of his life. Waited 25 years for that son. And then God gives him the boy. And he's enjoying Isaac. And life is good. And one day in Genesis 22, God says, so Abraham, how's it going? Good God, thank you. How you feeling? I'm sorry, God. I got this boy. I was a hundred years old when my boy was born. Yet you know, he kind of had bragging rights down at the gym. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, guys, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, he's down at the senior citizen's home. He's got him a 12-year-old calling him daddy. Everybody else on a walker. 
It says, that's your great-grandson. That's my boy. Oh, well. Oh, Abraham. Just because there's snow on a roof doesn't mean there's not a fire in the chimney. See, so just... Abraham kind of strutting his stuff down at the senior citizen center. He's strutting. Life's good. Abraham's sorry. It's good. God says, so you, you like that, Abraham? Say, yeah, Lord, it's nice. Yeah, I'm the man down there. I'm the man at that. It's good. So that boy, yeah, he said, uh, I want you to take him. I want you to go up on a mountain. It'll take you three days to get there. And when you get there, I want you to put your boy. Remember that first scripture? Patience better than pride. So I want you to put that boy on the altar. I want you to take his life. That's a tough lane. But it was still the lane he'd been running. Watch me. When we first met Abraham, he, he would have jumped out of that lane. He would have walked off. He did it two or three times before. But God had him to a place. Are you listening to me? Where he could say, I want the best thing in your life. And you know what the Bible said? Early the next morning. Abraham said, let's go, boy. Let's go, son. He gets to the top of the mountain. See, some of these places in your lane, you're not going to understand. You're not going to like. There's some days you think are going to break your heart. But consider him faithful. Who made the promise. In Hebrews 11, I didn't have time to read it. This is what we read. This is what Abraham said. Abraham considered God was faithful. And that if he said, this boy is going to be your heir. He said that I, I just decided God can raise him from the dead. So he went to the altar. Listen. And when he put the boy on the altar, God had never wanted the boy. He just wanted Abraham. And when a boy was on the altar, then the angel said, stop. Now I know. And he met Jehovah Jireh on top of that mountain that day. Can I tell you something? If you'll walk with him, stay in the lane on the hard day. He'll take you to a mountain where you'll find God in a way that you never dreamed you'd find him in your life. You'll meet a God you've only heard about. Are you with me? You'll know a God that was someone else's testimony and now he's your testimony. You won't have to listen to everybody else give a witness. Now you'll become the witness and you'll say, let me tell you what my God has done for me. See, it's one thing to hear the witness. It's another thing to be the witness. And you got to get on the mountain to find that God. You've got to go to an altar to find that God. You've got to do what you never thought you could do to find that God. You've got to be willing to lay down everything you've got to find that God. But if you're willing to do that, you're the witness now. You're the one who said, let me tell you what my God has done. So that's what I'm trying to say. Finish. 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 There's a God on a mountain waiting for you to meet him there to show you some things you never dreamed to let you know who you can really be and how great he is 
Thank you for listening today. We hope you found this message uplifting and encouraging. If you're looking to connect in person, we gather every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can also find us online at calvaryassembly.org. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for more content, updates, and to stay connected with our community.